Peace. You're tuned in to the Truth is Light podcast with your brother Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. We're talking about this coronavirus. Coronavirus, the government is trying to avoid something. And what they're trying to avoid is what happened during the 1918 flu epidemic. The flu of 1918 killed possibly 50 million people. That's 50 million. The Spanish flu probably killed between 20 to 50 million people. And the Black Plague is believed that it reduced the world's population from 475 million to between 350 to maybe 375 million. That's that's probably 30, maybe 60% of the world population was reduced because of the Black Plague in uh, the 14th century. So what the government is trying to do is they're trying to avoid a major, major outbreak like they had with the Spanish flu, the flu of 1918, and the Black Plague. So this situation is very serious, people. This is not a vacation. This is not time off from work to have a good time. This is about staying home, keeping away from one another, socially distancing, as they said, this is a totally new term, socially distancing ourselves and letting this... uh coronavirus take its course so that later on we would not end up in a situation as they did in the 14th century with the black plague or with the spanish flu or with the flu of 1918 so this is serious business so we have to adhere to the things that the government officials are telling us we have to uh be diligent about our hand washing we we have to we have to keep up on our job people because our main objective is to keep ourselves and our family safe. But you know, it's hard for Americans to understand anything because we've never went through anything like this right here. I remember in the 1970s, it was devastating to the people who drove cars to be going through this odd and even things. Uh, the uh, guys that I ran, I, I, I don't know what they, what they called them. I don't remember who exactly it was, but some hostages was taken in Iran. There was a lot going on. All of a sudden, gas prices skyrocketed. Uh, gas uh, supplies were low. And so they said, like, you know, you just couldn't go get gas at your leisure. So now people were going to the gas pump and they were getting gas on uh if you had an odd number on your license plate, you would get gas on this day. Had an even number on your license plate, you would get gas on this day. It, it, it was heavy duty, man. I'm, I'm going to look right now because I can't remember. I remember they took the hostages and they held them like for like 400 or 500 days, something like that. But, uh, man, it, 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 it was something else, boy. It, it was something else, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I ran hostage crisis yeah the iran hostage crisis let's see here they held them 444 days that's how many days they were held from november 4th 1979 to january 20th 1981 and it caused a uh, very very serious uh situation with the gas in america and that, that was one of the few times i think besides the depression in the Dust Bowl that Americans um, went through something serious. And now many children of this era are finding out what it's like to go to the store and the shelves are bare. I went in the supermarket yesterday and I looked up, I was like, wow, what the hell is going on here? 
the shelves were not full and, and the store looked kind of uh kind of in it, it looked it, it looked scary because the place was the items in the store were not full and i remember i got uh two things of bagels and i got three loaves of bread and the young lady was like uh, you only allowed three bread items I said, so uh, is the bagels classified as bread? She said, oh, come on, you don't, you you know they are. But you know, I didn't argue the fact. I just went ahead on, and I took the uh, three loaves of wheat bread, and I put the bagels back. And I said, maybe this morning I'll go back around back and grab maybe some bagels and something else. But it is very, very serious what's going on out here. It is very serious, and we have to understand that we have to be on our job about our hand washing and we have to keep people out of our face folks this is serious serious business this uh coronavirus and we are trying to avoid what i said earlier what happened with the spanish flu the black plague and the flu of 1918. these diseases killed millions of people so we have to be on our jobs folks so keep yourself safe Keep your family safe and do what you need to do so that you and your family can remain safe. This is your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cypher, saying peace, stay safe, stay safe, stay safe. Peace, I'm out. Peace, this is your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cypher. You are tuned in the Truth is Light podcast. And we are in the early stages of this pandemic, and we can see that the federal government has not changed at all. Uh, the Democrats, they are beefing with the president once again. Uh, looks like they're going to shoot down that stimulus bill where they said uh, they was going to try to give maybe a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred dollars to our families in the United States to help them through this situation. We are in the, yet in the early stages of this, and things will become a little bit harder as time progresses. And a lot of people think that this pandemic is some kind of joke, is some kind of government hoax, is some kind of bamboozlement of the American people. As I said in one of my podcasts before, 50 million died in the flu of 1918. 30, maybe 60% of the population of the world was wiped out in the uh, black plagues of the 14th century. And we know that the Spanish flu killed thousands, if not millions of people also. So we are in the early stages. We haven't really seen a major spike in deaths where you talk about, you know, a few hundred people dying every single day. And, you know, we're trying to avoid this, but a lot of the American people think that this is a game. They're still out there partying and jicking and jiving and having a good time and not really understanding that we are trying to prevent. We are trying to prevent the situation of 1918. We are trying to prevent the situation that happened during the Black Plagues in the 14th century. We are trying to prevent some of the things that happened when a the world was plagued with a deadly disease. This is not an American problem. It's not a Chinese problem. It's a world problem. The whole entire world are at jeopardy right now. I believe at last told, he said it was something like 5,400 have died in Italy. And I was talking to a guy um, at my place of employment. He's an Italian. Um, His father and mother, they were Italian immigrants, came here and started a life in America. And he was saying that the reason you saw such a high amount of infection in Italy, he said that um, 
when they warned the people to stay home, the people didn't stay home. They were still having weddings. They were still having baptisms. They were still having parties. They were still running around like it wasn't no big deal. The next thing you know, thousands and thousands of people were infected. In the United States, we are trying to avoid that same situation as what happened in Italy. So we have to adhere and we have to follow the directions of our governors, of our mayors, and of course of our president. You don't have to like Mr. Trump, but he is the leader of this country and we need to believe that he's going to do everything possible to take us on the right path. And, you know, I mean, some people say he should be quiet and let the experts talk. And a lot of times what happens is the president wants to assure the people that, you know, he's still in charge and he's still making sure that everything's going to be everything for the American people. But I kid you not, folks, we are in a very serious situation. We are seeing things in the United States of America that many of us never even thought we could experience. Who would think that you were going to store and there's no toilet paper on the shelves? Who would think that you were going to store and they're rationing bread? Who would think that you were going to store and they are rationing out particular food items because we have to have enough so that all of us can sustain life, not just a select few. And this should teach us something that we need to be prepared at all times. A lot of those guys who were having the bunkers and people will say, oh man, this guy's he's crazy. He done had a bunker. He done saved up all this food and whatnot. Oh man, fuck all that. We're going to just run around and have a good time and we're going to eat, drink, and be merry. Those are the guys who really taught us what we need to be doing. We need to always be in the mind frame of what if something goes wrong? What if society came to a halt? It's like we got warning. It wasn't like, bam, we got hit with like a nuclear device or something. And then the world as we known it just changed in a second. We were given warning like, you know, the uh, governor of California, uh, the governor of uh, New York, the uh, governor of Florida telling people like, look, this is a very serious situation. We need you people to go and stay in your homes. It's particular businesses, we need you to shut down and we need you to go to your homes. I think that the government has been rather lenient. And, and, and I will say that again. The government has been rather lenient, a little more lenient than I would have been if I would have been the president or I would have been the governor of a state or I've been the mayor of a city. I would I would opt to not have nobody out and I would have um been a little more stern than some of our government officials have been. But as I was saying early on in this podcast, uh, one of the things that's disturbing me is we're still playing politics in the midst of a international disaster. And you didn't hear me say American disaster. This is an international disaster. Americans need help. People abroad need help. It's like we, we are in the beginning stages. And after the dust settles, after everything is calm, we'll see that this part right here was only phase one because we have to rebuild. It's almost like, you know, and the thing you got to understand, when you have a war, there's, there's you know, those, those hard times. And then after the war is over, there's the rebuilding phase. And we're of coming back out in society trying to build things back up. 
You know, the English, they dealt with it. The Russians, they dealt with it. The Germans, they dealt with it. Americans of this era, many of us never had to see any real devastation on American shores. People talk about 9-11, but I'm talking about imagine 9-11, whole entire New York City crumbled and rumbled, you know, in, in shambles. And people in England have suffered through that. People in Germany have suffered through that. And like I said, people in Russia have suffered through that. People in um, some African nations and, uh, you know, the people of Baghdad and Afghanistan, they suffered through that. But many of us Americans haven't suffered through a situation where everything was a mess and we don't know where the next loaf of bread is coming from. We don't know where, where we're going to get water from. We don't know where we're going to lay our heads at because everything is a mess. So, so uh, as I said earlier, I kid you not, we have to begin to conserve more. After this is over, we need to conserve more. We need to stop wasting so much fuel. We need to stop wasting so much food. We need to stop wasting so much water. And we need to start respecting this place that we live called Earth and start acting like, you know, this is the only place that we got. There's no ship that's going to Mars, people, to take us away from here. So we need to be more conscious about what we're doing down here on this planet because this is all we have. This is the only place we get. And once we destroy this, there will be no place for us to go. So, I mean, I, I kid you not. We have to all get a little more diligent about what we're doing, man, in reference to taking care of this planet Earth. And this coronavirus, and usually they said that's when mankind comes together. In the midst of a disaster, mankind usually comes together. But this coronavirus has told us the people and the citizens of Earth it has told us, it has directed us to become more of a global people where we're looking out for one another, where all of us have clean water, where all of us have clean air, where all of us have food to eat. I mean, some of us on this planet, we have cars that cost more than the wages of a whole village. Just think about that. You have guys that are driving vehicles that cost more than the wages of entire village on some place on the planet Earth. You have some people, they're driving automobiles that cost more than the houses that, let's say the, the price of a Rolls Royce Phantom. You're talking about a $600,000 car or 600 plus if you get all the bells and whistles when some people are living in a thirty, dollars $50,000 house. Just imagine how many houses you could buy. I think that this is the wake-up call for us on the planet Earth to start looking out for one another much more, start caring about one another much more, start being concerned about the place that we live and start being concerned about what we will leave our children, what we leave our grandchildren, because as of right now, we act like we don't have, um, like it's a free-for-all for those who are here right now. But as I said, we're going to uh, monitor this thing and see what happens. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that the Democrats and Republicans come together and they come to some kind of agreement so that the American people can get some kind of financial relief because we need our politicians to 
actually come together more than they have. And we need them to stop playing these games of politics, especially in a time of a crisis like this. This is a major disaster. It's probably worse than all the wars we ever fought because the enemy that we are fighting, we cannot see. And I repeat that the enemy we are fighting, we cannot see. And by the time the enemy has attacked us, it is most of the time too late. So I say to you, keep mentally strong, keep physically strong, keep spiritually strong, and look and look and look to your family and to your friends and your community for the strength that you need and come together as one so that we can fight this thing and we can defeat this because the only way we can defeat this is like you would with any other enemy. We have to stick together, but most of all people, we have to listen to those who know. And sometimes it's hard for us as Americans to do that. Listen to those who know. We have to listen to what the scientists are saying, what the doctors are saying, and we have to adhere to that regardless of how much we feel like we want to be out in the streets and we want to be out and about. We have to listen to the experts. So this is your knowledge, your brother Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. I'm saying you peace, stay strong, stay strong, stay strong. Peace, you're tuned in to Truth is Light podcast with your host, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. You still got a lot going on with this coronavirus outbreak. Uh, the latest news is this idiot, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patricks, he was on with uh, Tucker Carlson, and this fool had the nerve to say that older people would be willing to die for the economy. I would say to Mr. Dan Patricks, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, if someone was to stick a 357 Magnum into your mouth, would you be willing to die? This is foolhardy, it's idiotic, it's stupid, it's irresponsible. I, I don't know. I've seen more irresponsibility through this coronavirus outbreak than I've ever seen in my fucking 57 years on this planet Earth. I thought the government was very irresponsible during the HIV AIDS outbreak where they gave people information that put the public at risk. Now we have someone who is supposed to have the best interests of his people at heart. He's the lieutenant governor of one of the biggest states in America. And he has the nerve to say that people would be willing to die for the economy. So, Mr. Dan Patrick, I say to you, is money more important than anything else? Because that's what this thing seems to be boiling down to. They're even saying that Mr. Trump would be willing to open things back up despite what his health experts are telling him. I would hope that Mr. Trump would not place the American people at risk like that. See, one of the things, the problems with this coronavirus outbreak that I've seen is the experts need to stop making these doomsday predictions. It needs to stop. What they need to do, they said, what we're going to do is we're going to try to isolate and contain, meaning that we want everyone to stay in their homes so that we can keep the infection rate as low as possible. And after maybe, say, between two to six weeks, we'll reevaluate, we'll see how many people are getting infected, and we'll take it from there. But some of you fools in America, you can't stay in the house for one freaking day. 
People have such a need, and that's that's why the internet is so popular, because people have this need to be socially uh, active every single moment of their lives. People, we don't want to see a situation like 1918. 50 million deaths. 50 million deaths. We don't want to see a situation like uh, the Black Plague. Thousands, millions and millions of people died. People throughout the world are suffering. And America isn't suffering as bad as Italy. And I'm telling you, I, 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 I talked to a brother and he has family in Italy. I talked to a sister. She has family in Italy. And they are deeply concerned. Because as of right now, almost 5,500 people have succumbed to the coronavirus in Italy. China suffered mass devastation under this virus. And that's because they concealed and they did not let the world know what was going on in the beginning. People, we have to adhere to this social distancing and we need to just stay in our homes. Would we not want to give up two months? And, 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 that, and that tells us, though, something. If the economy of America can totally collapse because we shut society down, well, we're shutting down about 70% of society. Maybe for maybe maybe uh sixty percent of society was shutting down. I, I think a little more than fifty percent. But the one thing I do know is what I saw after World War Two, and I've I've studied this after World War Two. England bounced back, Germany bounced back, Russia bounced back. We will bounce back, and we will rise again up out of the ashes, people. But we need to understand that we do not want to put people at risk because the funny thing about this, this coronavirus is who knows what, what toll it will take. They said this, this particular sector, people, they are not as susceptible. That sector, sector, people, they're more susceptible. What happens if this thing take a turn? And the people who we thought, like in 1918, the people who should not have been dying from that flu were the ones that were dying, the young and strong. They were the ones that were dying, soldiers and sailors and airmen that were in good physical shape. They were the ones that was dying from that flu in 1918. So we don't want to take a chance, and I've been damned if I want to take a chance with the lives of my children or my grandchildren, my nieces and my nephews, because somebody feel that they need to hurry up and make a dollar. And that's what this is coming down to. It's coming down to people so worried about making a dollar that they're willing to put the people's lives at risk. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas, I would say to the people in Texas, throw him out. Throw him out. Throw him out. Because he does not have the best interests at heart of the people of Texas. He does not have the people of Texas, Texas' best interests at heart. He is thinking about filling his pockets up like most of the politicians. Okay, Mr. Trump, he proposed a bill where they, where they would send out a, a stimulus checks to people and once again, partisan bullshit, partisan bullshit put a stop to this. I mean, when, when will we stop playing politics with the lives of the American people? When?
when will we stop playing politics with with the American people's lives? And this is what it seems like the coronavirus outbreak is becoming. It's becoming just another political pawn. I myself, I could care less if they hold elections this year at all. People say, oh, wow, we need to get rid of Trump. I don't care who's in the White House because it don't matter what monkey is in the White House. It's going to always be business as usual. You're going to see up and down, up and down. You know, as soon as President Trump took office, he tried to turn around everything uh, President Obama had done. Uh, same difference when President Obama went into office, he tried to uh, change some things that George Bush had done. And you see the trend over and over and over again. Instead of people saying what it is that the American people need. What it is that the American people need. We see a lot of times people worrying about their friends in big business. And that's on both sides, Democrats and Republicans. Because the funny thing is a very a vast majority of these politicians are very rich men and women. Joe Biden is nowhere near broke. Not at all. Nowhere near broke. He has, he has plenty of money. And since uh, Barack Hussein Obama left the White House, him and Michelle are sitting really pretty. I saw that house they bought. And someone said, well, he was the president. He should be sitting pretty. But if you look back, you look back into the early days of this country, there were some of the politicians who were extremely wealthy. Thomas Jefferson, you know, very wealthy man. George Washington, very wealthy man. You know, a lot of the founding fathers, they had money. And this is the problem with politics. When you get rich guys or guys who are aspiring to be rich and they get at the helm and they're running things, they're not thinking with the American people at heart. They're thinking with the, with the uh, how can I put the next uh, million dollars in my pocket? And you see, I didn't say a dollar. I said the next million dollars in my pocket. We need to, we need to, as the American people, we need to call up, we need to write, and we need to let our politicians know that we need to be protected in this outbreak, just like if it was a whole bunch of uh, enemies crossing over onto the beaches and shores of America, coming at us with missiles and rockets and dropping bombs on us. We had a bomb dropped on us by the name of the coronavirus. And we need to understand that if we do not take the precautions that we need to take, this thing could turn around and we could have people dying in the streets. And then they'll say, oh, well, we made a mistake. We should have done more. I'm not willing to take the lives of my grandchildren or put the lives of my grandchildren at stake so that we can make money. I want something to be left for them when they grow up. I want them to grow up. I want to be here so that I can see my grandkids grow up. People, we have to stop thinking about the economy at this point and start thinking about how we're going to save lives and we can rebuild later. All the people who had these businesses, these small businesses that are collapsing, the common denominator with these people, they had vision. And a person that has vision, even though this business may collapse, they will rebuild. 
because they have vision. And what we need to do is think, say, okay, we'll ride this thing out for the next 60 days or so. And then they said, you know, hopefully once once it heat up out here during the summer, we'll see uh, this virus start to dissipate. Some say it will, some say it won't. But I think two months, maybe three months time frame of suffering to give us a long life is much better. But the thing, the funny thing is, I do not think this coronavirus is the last serious pathogen like this we're going to see. A uh, few years back, I remember uh, watching CNN or s- some program, and they were talking about the overusage of antibiotics. And they were saying that, you know, doctors were being urged to stop using antibiotics so much because what's happening is they said that they're getting these uh, super bacterias that are antibiotic resistant. And the doctors, they were, they were still doing this up until a few years ago, you know, I remember. Same thing with the opioid crisis. Doctors, doctors were urged to stop prescribing so many uh, uh, opioids, but they didn't listen. And the one thing about the American people, we have a thing with us where we don't want to listen. Same thing, government issued a stay-at-home order. They're out on the beaches partying and, and boogie-oogie-oogieing. They're in the parks congregating. Nobody is staying six feet apart. The, the prostitutes are still out there prostituting. The Johns are still out there picking them up. Nobody it was listening. Then the governors of the states had to say, you know what, you people have to listen. We have to crack down. They have to uh, threaten you with incarceration for you to do something to protect yourself and your family? Because you can't stay home for one freaking day? Come on, people. But, um, man, the lieutenant governor of Texas, I believe that what he said was foolhardy and irresponsible. And I believe that amidst this crisis here, we have to stop moving on desire or working on desire and we have to start using this uh, thing on the top of our head and we have to start using our brains and we have to be more mindful of how dangerous this coronavirus is. We have to protect ourselves and protect our future. And that's what we're doing by staying home. We are protecting our future, which is our young people. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Patrick's down there, Lieutenant Governor, he said the old people would be willing to die. As I said, I don't want nobody to stick a 357 Magnum in my mouth. But I don't know about Mr. Patrick's. He may be fine with that, but I am not. And I think that is irresponsible for him to say what he said. But um, I would say to people, adhere to the social distancing. Keep up, keep up on staying in the home. Only going out for necessities, food, uh, short, brisk walks to keep the blood flowing. And I'm telling you, I think that because the numbers are not that high, people are saying, oh, man, that's some bullshit. No, the numbers are not that high because we are doing what we need to do
by social distancing and staying in the home. And the numbers will stay very low if we do that. And this is the objective of the CDC. This is the objective of the president. This is the objective of the governors across America, except for our Lieutenant Governor uh, Patrick's. But this is what we want to do. We want to stay in the home. We want to social distance so that our death toll would not be looking like something like Italy. Our death toll would not be looking like the death toll in China. It's your brother Knowledge Born. I say peace. Stay safe. Social distance. And we'll come through this. Peace. Peace. You're tuned in to Truth is Light podcast with your brother Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cypher. President Trump has just extended the lockdown until the end of, I believe it is April. We have not done enough. We have not done enough to have enough people stay in their homes and off the streets so that we do not spread this deadly virus. People are running around like it is summer vacation. I was talking to a young lady at work yesterday. She was saying her sister has been to three house parties. Police have shut down parties all over uh, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, and different places. And young people have this thing in their head where they cannot catch this virus. I don't know what makes them believe that because biology don't work that way. If a motherfucker that's 60 can get it, Somebody that's 6 or 16 or 26 or 36 can get it. But Americans are not acting like this is something really serious. But I will say that um, some places, they are staying at home. They are socially distancing. And and the funny thing is a lot of employers, and, and I notice my employers, I work inside a psychiatric hospital. And most of the units are 24-bed units, and they have stayed full the entire time since this outbreak hit. You would think that they would diminish their population or decrease the population of the patient population for safety uh, reasons, yet they're having people come in and out the door like a revolving door like it's no big deal. The... People of our UHS health services are acting like it's no big deal. But I'm not even going to say UHS, the main office, maybe they are putting pressure on the people at the different facilities to keep the beds full. But to keep the beds full is irresponsible. Because if we're supposed to be socially distancing and you have a unit that was designed for 24 people and it's crowded when there's 24 people, would it not have been better to decrease the population of 12, if not 12, 14, so that you don't have as many people there? I mean, you have days where patients are just sitting shoulder to shoulder watching TV. And some of these people have just came in off the street. You don't know where they've been, who they've been in contact with, who their family members and friends have been in contact with. Yet this is the norm, what's going on. You go to Walmart and places, people are all bunched up together. And, and, and I'll say particular stores, are, you'll see this. 
But some stores, people are adhering to social distancing. They're telling people, uh, I went to one supermarket down there on Broad Street, uh, save a lot down there for uh, near Broad, and uh, I, I can't remember what, what's the actual street, but not too far off of Broad and Hunting Park. The sign says, keep a two-cart distance between you and other people, yet people are all on top of one another. They're all on top of one another. It's like you, I'm trying to social distance. I'm trying to, you know, keep my 12 feet. You know, they say six feet. I say, I want a motherfucker away from me 12 feet. I don't want nobody that close up on me because I understand, you know, these pandemics because I know what happened in 1918. I know what happened in the Middle Ages and I know what has happened down through history where disease have eradicated whole societies. I mean, you have to understand that disease have literally taken out whole entire communities. One moment, please. Yet we are acting like this is no big deal. President Trump, I will say that he has handled himself pretty well during this uh, crisis, and he's starting to show that he's has some capabilities of listening because I think in the beginning he thought it was no big deal and he wasn't listening to his medical personnel and the scientists as much as he should have. But as of late, it seems to be that President Trump has matured in the way that he's listening to uh, the doctors and the professionals. Even at the news conferences, you see there's social distancing. And I'm thinking to myself, at the news conferences, there's social distancing. But like I said, in a place like a psychiatric facility that I work in, patients are sitting shoulder to shoulder, staff are shoulder to shoulder. There's, there's no social distance. I even saw on Fox 29 News here in Philly, uh, Alex Holly and Mike Jerick, they seem to be on a split screen now. It's almost like they're not even in the same studio no more. This is serious business, people. Serious. Nothing has happened like this in the modern age. Nothing. I mean, we had Ebola, man. We had SARS. We had all this stuff going on. But nothing has hit the entire planet like this COVID-19 virus. It hit the whole entire planet. Everybody's on lockdown. From Italy to France to Germany, England, all over the world, man. They're telling people, you know, stay indoors. But I was talking to a young lady on the job, and, you know, she was saying to me her family lives in Italy. And she said that Italy is about the size of Florida. I said, wow. She said, it's not really that big. So... A lot of us are seeing what happened in Italy. We can't compare the United States to somewhere like Italy because, you know, Italy is not as large as we are. I mean, you know, and then also we have Alaska and Hawaii and we have Guam and places like that. United States is big. Huge. The mainland is freaking huge. From the Atlantic to the Pacific. Stretches from one ocean to another ocean. That's how much land mass we have from one huge ocean to another ocean. So we continue to do what we need to do. I tell people socially distance yourself. Wash your hands. You know, the funny thing is, and I was telling a young lady, 
I said, you know, maybe one of the reasons why you don't see uh, total chaos over here because people in the United States, some of us, we wash our hands. We try to keep some kind of hygiene up. And then there are some of the nasty motherfuckers that go to the bathroom and don't wash their hands, which we know if you just took a shit, you should be washing your hands. You know, if you just took a piss and you had your dick in your hand, you need to wash your hands. You know, and even some of these nasty-ass women, they'll go sit on the toilet and they'll walk right out of the bathroom. But you need to clean your hands off when you enter back into your home from the street. You need to wash your hands every time you go to the restroom. You know, this cannot be hammered home enough to people that hand-washing is essential. But, you know, we shall see what happens and... We do hope and pray, those of you that pray, those of us that pray, to they'll be praying to their gods, you know, for some kind of uh, repeal of this situation and, you know, hoping and praying that a lot of people don't get sick. We're still fighting and we're fighting an enemy we cannot see. So we must uh, adhere to social distancing. We must adhere to social distancing. We must stay in the home. Some people are defiant because they feel like it's the government trying to rule their life. I even saw something said that the COVID-19 virus was to take the focus off of uh, uh, the Epstein case. Like, you know, that was, that was the fool that killed itself up there in the jail in New York. Some say, to, say that, you know, uh, the powers to be had him killed, but I don't know. But... Uh, the one thing I do know is that uh, disease can take out a whole society in one pop. So we have to do everything that the professionals are telling us to do. And God help us all. And we pray that uh, this situation that we're in will come through it. It's your brother Knowledge Point, a.k.a. Power Cipher. Saying peace to the gods, peace to the earths. Peace to the brothers and sisters throughout America. Hopefully, we'll come through this positively and our families and friends will be safe and we'll learn from this right here. And that's the real side of it. Every particular situation is a learning process. Peace. You are tuned in to Truth Is Life podcast with your brother Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. We have a lot going on with this coronavirus thing. Right now in Lisbon, Ohio, FCI Elkton, inmates are dying as we speak. Inmates are dying and this government is doing nothing. We are talking about Federal Correctional Institution, Elkton, Ohio. They have had a coronavirus outbreak in this prison. A inmate, he has a smuggled cell phone where he sent video uh, out and put it online and it's a shame what's happening with these brothers at FCI Elkton. They're in there dying and the government is doing nothing. This is a federal prison, a federal prison, a jail that is run by the United States of America. And they have had a coronavirus outbreak in this prison. And the funny thing about this is we know that certain masks do not help. It's, it's, better than, it's better to have some masks on than no masks at all. But the masks that they gave these inmates are not good to help 
you keep from getting this virus. The inmate, he had the mask on, he took it off a couple times, but he showed video of other inmates who were suffering with this deadly virus, and they were sick, very sick. One gentleman was gasping for air. I mean, it was horrific to watch this, horrific. I am hoping that the United States government will move in and help these brothers at Elkton, Ohio, because I have a soft spot in my heart for Elkton, Ohio. It's where I did my federal time at, and I'm hoping that the government will step in and help these brothers out. But this is how serious this virus is, and I'm glad that this video was able to get out and go on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot, because young people have to see that this virus is no joke. We got young people running the streets, partying, and acting like they're having a good time, and people are literally dying from this virus. So my hope is that the brothers at FCI Elkton, they will get the help that they need, that the government will step in. But as we speak, man, these brothers are dying, man. So if you have family members or friends that's in prison, you know, pick up the phone, man, and, and call your congressmen, call your senators. Man, call the prison and say, you know, I'm worried about uh, so-and-so. This is my cousin. This is my brother. This is my husband. You know, this is my father. And check on them. Because if we do not check on our people, these devils will let them die in there. So, inshallah, this outbreak will be over soon. And we can get back to some kind of normal lifestyle. But as we speak now, people are sick and they are in danger, especially those who are in prison who have no voice. So I'm asking you to pick up your phones and to call your congressmen, your senators, your, your state representatives, if you have family members that are in state jails, your council members, if you have people in city jails, call the jails, flood the jails with calls, say, look, I want to know my people is okay. I want to know my people is okay. Because if we do not act from the outside, they will let anything happen to the brothers on the inside. And it is our job to make sure that our brothers and sisters that are behind the wall stay safe. It's your brother P Power Cipher coming to you with the report about FCI Elkton coronavirus outbreak. And it is my hopes that the brothers at FCI Elkton will make it through this. Inshallah to Isla. So I say to you brothers, peace. Assalamu alaikum. You are tuned in to Truth Is Life podcast with your brother Knowledge Born, aka Power Cipher, and I am trying to figure out if it is just me, if something is wrong with me. But I think that enough people are not conveying to their children how important this is to wash their hands, how important it is to not be out amongst their friends and their family members. I do not think enough parents are being diligent enough to. Send this thing home to their children, how deadly this virus is, that this virus will kill them, that this virus can kill their family members, it can kill their neighbors. I do not think enough parents are saying to their children that this is no game. It is no game. These children, their parents are not teaching them that they need to wash their hands continuously throughout the day. They need to wash their hands. They need to cover their face. They need to keep themselves safe. If you are not teaching your children 
what needs to be done in this pandemic, you are doing them a disservice. This is neglect. This is flat out neglect. If you're not telling your children to wash their hands, you're telling your children, don't go amongst your friends. Right about now, the only person you need to care about is the people inside your own home. Nobody else is important right now. Stay away from them because you know what you're doing. You know what your family members are doing, but you don't know where your friends are going. I see people walking the streets, no mask on, smacking pounds, hugging and laughing and sharing weed in 40s and shit. Yet we see it on the news, Philadelphia, next hot spot for coronavirus. Because these niggas won't listen. They won't listen. They don't understand that this is serious business. I guess what it's going to take is for all their friends and family members to be falling dead around them for them to fucking get it. This is no freaking game, people. This is no goddamn checkers. This is fucking chess. And if you don't play it right, if your strategy isn't right, you're going to be in fucking checkmate before you know it. This is serious business. No bullshit. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. I've had two grandsons today catching attitude because I'm trying to explain to them that this pandemic right here is serious business. It had the potential to wipe the planet out. Every living being on the planet, it had the potential and still does have the potential to wipe us all out. Serious business. People have to get back to teaching their children. If you're not teaching your children how to survive in this pandemic, you are neglecting them. Serious business, folks. So I say again, teach your children how to survive in this pandemic. Teach them how to survive in this pandemic. Teach them how to survive in this pandemic. Wash their hands, socially distance, stay in their own home, away from friends and other family members. This is serious business. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. It cannot be said. It cannot be said too many times. It's your boy, Knowledge Born. Peace. Peace. You're tuned in the Truth Is Like podcast with your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cypher. And the beat goes on, as they say, or the coronavirus lockdown continues. But I'm trying to figure out why so many people are on the streets. I see if you're out shopping for groceries or if you have to go to work, then there's a valid reason to be out on the street. If you know you're going to run into some trouble with your vehicle and you need to do some more maintenance on your vehicle or, you know, it's just that time for an oil change. You don't want to ride around, you know, with your car. Without the oil change, you're going to get a quick oil change and you go back to the house. But there are people in the streets, they're getting high, they're smoking weed, they're snorting coke, they're shooting dope, they're drinking alcohol. And they're acting like it's a all-day party. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull up right here on my PC right quick. Because I'm going to have my regular computer right here in front of me. And I want to see something here. Because I know the Spanish flu... Killed 50 million. 
and I'm not sure where we're at with the coronavirus right now, how many people have died uh, worldwide. But I mean, we're not nowhere near the numbers, but that's because people have quarantined, but we could have the number of deaths lower. We could have the number of infections lower. If people would just actually listen, the coronavirus, virus, USA, let's see here. They're saying as of right now, 31,900 have recovered, 533,000 have been uh, infected, and we've had 20,597 deaths. Worldwide, there's something like 1,700,000 and something thousand, 404,000 recovered, 108,000 deaths from this disease. The numbers aren't what they could be if we weren't doing this uh, stay-at-home thing throughout the world. And people in the U.S., especially the major cities, have done a real shitty job about staying home. And I'm going to be honest with you. I never thought I would say this. I feel that the government did not do enough. I think that the government should have been a little more heavy handed. The government should have been a little more stern in the way that they handled the inner cities. Because people in the inner cities, I'm going to be honest with you, they don't want to listen. They think they can do their own thing. They think that they can go in the streets and operate the way that they feel like. There was a brother the other day. He was pulled off of the bus. Negro, you have to have a mask when you come onto the bus. What is it that you don't fucking understand? There's a deadly virus, a deadly virus that is out there, and you should not be coming on the bus without a mask on. And if I was you, I would have also had gloves on. But this ignorant-ass nigga, he gets on the bus with no mask on, and the police dragged his ass off of there like they should have. And he was angry and he calling his people up and talking about his lawyer. Nobody is worried about your ignorant ass. People are trying to stay alive, fool. And you're running around trying to get on the bus with no mask. Nobody don't want to be around you. I know I duck and dodge and dip and dive and somebody come near me without a mask on. Because I am not trying to have no parts of that thing. And I say, I see rescue with your law from Satan, the rejected one. I'm telling you, we have to begin to listen more, black folks. We have to cooperate more. We have to be in line and in sync with what's going on. We cannot just always dance to the beat of our own drum. We cannot walk in our uh, own direction sometimes. Sometimes we have to walk in the direction of the masses. And that's one of the things that the brothers and sisters sometimes don't want to do. They want to do their own thing. I was talking to my sister and, you know, I was saying to her, you know, why are, you know, my nephews out in the street for what? They're going to supermarket. Is there something that they need to do out on the street? They had a guy come over to give them haircuts. I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are you having somebody come over to give you a haircut? What this quarantine thing, people, and, and we must understand this. When you're quarantining, you are in your home. No visitors, no outsiders. You in your home, you in your home, you in your home. I'm in my home. 
You stay away from me and my family. I stay away from you and your family. I saw a lady today on the news. She wanted to give uh, her grandkids Easter candy. They pulled up a few feet away from one another. Grandma tossed a bag with a rope on it over to the other car. They extracted the goodies from the bag and grandma peeled her way. They peeled their way. Everybody's safe and sound. We have to understand, folks, that we cannot just do what we want to do in this pandemic. We need to follow the rules. And if I was President Trump, I would have locked it down and I would have told him, said, we're going to set up some camps. We catch your ass walking around the street. That's where your ass will remain until this pandemic is over. You will go to a concentration camp. Yes, a concentration camp. Because I believe that they should have put the whole entire planet under martial law. From Harlem to Hong Kong. From London to Louisiana. It should always all have been on lockdown. Everywhere should have been on lockdown. Nobody should have been allowed to come out into the street unless you were coming to buy food. It should have been no selling of clothing items right about now. It should have been no selling of, you know, certain items that are that, you know, somebody would go to the store. And they just buy something just to be buying it. You know, you buying a coffee pot right now just to be buying a coffee pot. But it's like you don't really need a coffee pot right now. You could have heated some water up on the stove and used a cup or put a cup in the microwave. The government has to become more stern. The government has to get harder because, as I said, we are about uh, almost at 2 million worldwide confirmed uh, cases of this uh, deadly virus. Let me see here. Let me make let me make sure, you know, I don't want I believe that was the numbers they had. Uh, let's see here. And let me see here. Uh, Wikipedia. OK, so we had one. We had 1,777,515 uh, cases. We had 108,862 deaths. Uh, 404,236,000 have recovered. And, you know, hopefully, inshallah to Isla, you know, the numbers will increase to go up for uh, recovery. This is your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. Saying to you, keep safe, quarantine, quarantine, wash your hands, wear your mask, and keep you and your family safe. Peace. Peace. This is your brother, Knowledge Bowen, a.k.a. Power Cipher. It's been a while since I talked to you. This coronavirus outbreak caused people to do something that many of us have not done in a very long time. Went home and spent time with our family. Many people, since this coronavirus outbreak, have come to the realization of some things. Some people have come to the realization that they really don't enjoy being married. Some people came to the realization that they really don't want to be a parent. Yet, we've been able to hide and run away from our personal situation by staying at work. Some of us may do double shifts. Some of us may do... Uh, 20 hour shifts. Some of us work sometimes six, seven days a week and we don't feel any pressure or any fatigue going to the job because the job has been our escape 
from our wives and our children, our husbands and our children, mom and dad and different people who we live in a home with. So how many of you have really come to the realization that this marriage thing has not been what you thought it would all be? How many of you have come to the realization that this parental thing is not what it's all cracked up to be? See, a lot of times we make decisions on lust. Seriously, we'll make a decision. We'll meet a young lady or young lady will meet a young man and they'll get involved in sexual activity and they will think that this sexual activity that they gotten involved in is love. There's a great big difference between love and lust. See, love, and I'm talking about long-standing love, says that even though she has cancer and she's not able to do anything with me at this time, I will stick by her side and I will hold her down. Same difference, you know, if he was to lose his job and things were not going too well, we will ride this out together. Oh, man, damn, you done lost your job. What you mean? How we going to handle this situation in here and you don't got no fucking job? And then all of a sudden, that so-called love becomes an angry person who's always criticizing and putting down. You know, love is long-standing. I mean, it's not just temporary. But many of us have been able to hide. We've been hiding at the job. We've been hiding. Some people are leaving the job and straight from the job, they're going to a club or a bar or a speakeasy or to another person's home. Yes, going to another person's home. They have he or she who they go to visit. And sometimes these relationships are not just relationships that are heterosexual. Some people are involved in gay or homosexual relationships with people outside of their marriage. And they enjoy that atmosphere as opposed to the lifestyle that they're living with their spouse or their mate or their significant other. So that's what we're talking about. How are you feeling since this outbreak started, since we have been assigned or we have been commanded to go home and to stay under quarantine? Has it been an enjoyable experience where you've had time to spend with your children and your mate and it's been something that you really enjoy and you really wish that things were like, kind of like, you know, it was a time in the world when people, they worked at home. They manned, you know, they manned the farms and things of that nature and they were around their wives and children until the day they died or their husbands and their children until the day that they died. I mean, every husband wasn't a good husband. Every wife wasn't a good wife. And men at one particular time were extremely abusive because they could be. And a lot of you ladies who, um, you have your husband last name, uh, don't you be fooled for a moment why they originally took the husband's last name and had nothing to do with love, my ladies. It said that you were the property of your husband. You left from the uh, confounds of your father's home and then you went into your husband's home and you were owned first by your father then by your husband and you were always subjugated to someone until the day you died so it wasn't about love the reason why you took his last name because you took his last name because you stopped being your father's property 
and you start being your husband's property. But people, they work their farms, they work their homes. I mean, some people had jobs outside of, you know, farming and stuff like that, you know, because I mean, it's been a long time since they had mines and mills and railroad and people work these things. But now with this uh, coronavirus outbreak, people are starting to get the feeling or starting to see what it's like to have to be in a home around your family on a day-to-day -day basis. And a lot of people don't like this. They said, damn, I can't believe I have to be looking at this motherfucker every day. And vice versa. She says, you, you know, he says, damn, man, I didn't realize how ugly she really was. And so all of a sudden, you know, because we're around each other every day, we start seeing the person's personal flaws and their defects instead of remembering the reasons why we fell in love. And some people, I mean, you know, I could see uh, probably this time next year, we're going to have a lot of new babies. Some people have been enjoying staying home. They in there, they, they getting it in two, three times a day. And already she knows she's pregnant. But that's what we have to um, look at, folks. Was this quarantine of a benefit to my family and myself? Or did it make me see something that I did not really never see because I was out of the home all the time? People, we can't live at the job. We can't use the job as an escape from our family. And many of us have done this for a number of years. And now all of a sudden, we commanded to stay in the home. And you have to see your wife every single day. You have to see your husband every single day. Yet, you're thinking to yourself, why did I marry this motherfucker? I don't even like the way he look right about now. Because when you're around a person every day, it's totally different than you seeing a person, you coming home after being at work, you know, 8, 10, 12, 16, 20 hours a day, and you're glad to come home because you haven't seen them all day. But you may have not seen them in a few days. Like, I'll be honest with you. When my wife leaves, well, when I leave for work on Friday, on a Friday, I go to work. I may not see my wife until that Monday because I leave and I go to work at 3 o'clock. She has to go to work at, leave for work at 9.30 because she has to be to work at 10. She gets off seven, uh, 6.30 in the morning and she go to another job that starts at 8 in the morning. Sometimes she'll come home. Many times she'll just go park in the parking lot, get a few Z's before she go inside. And I don't see her. I conversate with her on the phone, but I don't see her from Friday, three, uh, let's say about 2.30 Friday, 2.30 p.m. Friday, and I don't see her again until maybe, uh, what, what it is, she goes to work again. Yeah, maybe like 7.30 uh, Monday morning. And sometimes she'll go back to the other job periodically, and I may not see her until Tuesday. It's heavy, people. But, you know, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about 
has this quarantine made you more aware of what you want? And I'm and I'm not mock, knocking you. I mean, you know, you can't be mad at a person because they come to the realization that what they're dealing with and what they're doing is not what they want out of life. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, that's why when we decide to get married or we decide to start shacking up, we have to be sure that this is what we want to be doing. Because life is short, very, very short, and we don't have no time to be doing something that we really don't want to be doing because we feel obligated. And a lot of people, that's what they're doing. They're doing things out of obligation instead of saying, you know what, I don't want to do this shit right here. But this is your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. And I want you brothers and sisters to really, really think about what it is that you're doing. Think about, you know, where you're going. Think about, you know, what this quarantine have done for you as a person. Because you can't be kind of like on lockdown this long and you're not, um, and you're not really thinking about your life. You're not really thinking about where you know you want your life to go. And that's what we're, that's what, at the end of the day, is what it's about. Where do you want your life to go? Divorce is on all-time um, high, folks. I mean, they said that, uh, you know, uh vast majority of the people that get married, I think it was at one point they said about 40% of the people that get married uh, wind up getting divorced. But um, this your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cipher. Treat your ladies with respect. Ladies, treat your man with respect and make sure that you take care of yourself and your family. This is your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cypher Pete. Peace. This is your brother, Knowledge Born, a.k.a. Power Cypher. I was riding through an area of Philadelphia called Kingsington the other day. I had went to uh, purchase a few computers from a lady, and as I was leaving her house, I rode up what they call Kingston Avenue near the Somerset area. I was in shock. There were people all over the place sleeping out on the street. They had all their possessions in the world lined up on the sidewalk. And one of the things that caught my eye, I saw multiple drug addicts out there who were nodding on heroin. And I'm thinking to myself, we are going through this COVID-19 coronavirus crisis and people are wearing masks. And I saw several of these drug addicts with masks on. I'm thinking to myself, you are a dolphin. You are a drug addict. I've seen a few prostitutes also wearing a mask. You are a prostitute drug addict. And you have a mask on trying to protect yourself from the coronavirus. You rather die slow than to die quick. And this is what I thought to myself. And no, don't take me as being cruel. In no way am I being cruel or heartless to people who are suffering from drug addiction. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're trying to kill yourself. You are using drugs. You're prostituted. You are trying to kill yourself. And I'm thinking, here you have a mask on and you're nodding all over the place from heroin. You don't even have the uh, ability to function mentally in a capacity to keep you safe. 
But we have a lot going on now. This coronavirus is a very serious situation. And, and I'm one of the ones who believe that the states are opening up too early. I truly do. I don't think that the states should be open now. I think that we should still be quarantining. I think that we should still, still be socially distancing. I think that many of the businesses that they have reopened, the way that they have opened up the uh, subways and the buses, I think that we still need to be doing right now what we were supposed to be doing on day one. That was total lockdown, nothing open except for essentials, like, you know, places like Walmart, supermarket, you know, all these other places. I see, I saw a nail salon another day they have a, a uh, curtain up and they're sneaking people in and out of there doing nails. I said, what kind of Mickey Mouse BS is this right here? You want to take your chance of catching a deadly pathogen, I guess so you can look good in the coffin. I see a young lady on my job, she comes in frequently with her hair done. You know, I can see she went and got her hair braided. And I'm thinking to myself like, why would you take that chance? Put a scarf on, say, fuck it. I'll wait till things get better. And one of the things that happened with me that made me know that a lot of my feelings about this coronavirus outbreak and the way that I believe that society should be conducting itself was what happened with a friend of my daughter's. I say rest in peace, Big Gary. He was a very young man, I believe somewhere in his early 30s. And he uh, contracted the coronavirus, from my understanding, visiting other family members. And because his health was severely compromised, he was waiting for a kidney transplant. He had diabetes and, you know, he was on dialysis that he succumbed to this uh, dreadful disease. I feel so bad for that young man. And I feel so bad for his family. And I know that my daughter is hurting in a way that words could not describe because she was very close with this man. They were like thickest thieves, I would like to say. Very close. I mean, they, from my understanding, you know, I didn't even know we had went to Las Vegas with my uh, wife and, you know, all of them. When I don't, I, I don't know. No, my wife didn't go. It was my sister-in-law went and she was acting crazy at that particular time. Something about the accommodations and people should be paying uh, X amount of money. Left my other daughter at the airport. It, it was a bunch of madness. I remember getting phone calls. It was just like the Myrtle Beach trip they went on that I didn't also go on, that they were going through a whole bunch of chaos. But you know, with me, I, I, I tell people, um, you have to be very, very cautious right now. And I believe that the states are making a major mistake by opening up right now. And we will see this in the numbers because I believe that in several places, the numbers of the uh, coronavirus, uh, people who are contracting the coronavirus will start to soar. But this is your brother Knowledge Born, AKA Power Cipher, saying that I wish people would get it. I wish America would get it that we really, really need to be doing more to keep ourselves safe from this outbreak. I say peace to you. Stay safe, socially distance, wear your mask, wear your gloves. Peace, knowledge born out. Once more, we see the police in action, murdering a black man. The officer had his foot on the man's neck. The man was screaming and hollering and crying out. 
for mercy, yet the officer showed him none. Now, after this, once again, we are breaking into stores, stealing Jordans and iPhones and uh, different types of clothing and TV sets and all manner of electronics because we feel that because another black man has been murdered by the police, we have the right to steal. We have to get past this kind of behavior, people. We do not have the right to steal regardless of what someone has done to one of our brothers and sisters. It's shameful to watch what is going on throughout America. Don't get me wrong, I'm 100% for the, you know, get a police a hard time. But I'm in no way, no way in support of thievery and looting and tearing down of property because we are angry. We could have silently protested and not rolled scepter. We could have silently protested and said those same stores that they looted from said we are not buying anything until there's some kind of justice given to the people in our community. See, we have to understand that our economic power is more greater than we come to realize. See, when it comes to money, man, that's the only time that people listen. You see that during the pandemic, everybody has been so much in a rush for us to get back to work. They want you to get back to work because these people are losing billions of dollars. Billions of dollars every week. Billions. Some businesses will never recuperate after this pandemic. They will never, ever, ever recoup from this pandemic. So, if you're running around looting and tearing stuff up, you're not sending no real message to anyone. You said, I'm a criminal. And the white man that's sitting home who just saw the officer murdered your brother said, see, we need to keep our knee on the neck of those niggas because they are all violent. The person took a truck and ran over a police officer. This kind of behavior cannot be tolerated, people. We can't do this kind of stuff because we negate everything that we say we're trying to, we, we're trying to accomplish. Because the people who are sitting home, the whites who are sitting home, they're afraid of you already. So now you're in the streets, you're looting and tearing up and destroying property and running police officers over with cars. Burning up police cars and tearing up like wild animals. And that's what they're gonna call you. They're gonna say, see, look at those wild animals. Told you those niggas, the police have to keep them in check by any means necessary, even if they have to put their knee in their neck, even if the nigga dies. We have to come to the realization that this type of behavior has to stop. It did nothing for Watts, it did nothing for Harlem, did nothing for Chicago, it did nothing for Detroit, did nothing for Washington, D.C. It just left us without places to go shopping. When we could have said we're not going to shop there and when they felt the economic chokehold then they would understand that they can't put us in the chokehold it's your brother knowledge born saying we have to do a little bit different people we have to operate in a different fashion we have to find better ways to express our anger and looting and stealing and trashing up property and destroying property and harming police officers is not the way because we are much better than them. We always have been, and we have to act in a more appropriate manner. 
It's your brother Knowledge Born just saying to you, use your brain. Use your brain. Use your brain. Peace.